and welcome to my podcast. I'm calling it Levine Intervention because it's a lightning bolt to the soul, offering humor, perspective, and advice to listeners who haven't quite mastered the art of the transition just yet. We're going to take a swan dive into the pool of questions you're too afraid to ask your mother. So today's topic is going to be called Outlaw In-Laws. Um, and I wanted to do this topic because there's so many nice relatives and families that we need to interact with. And oftentimes, we don't have a ton of control over that. So, um, as you're transitioning into a relationship or into an event that's happening with your in-laws, or if you hear a nugget of information that might just ring true for you and your family, pass it along. Um, I was married once and I had a mother-in-law. She wasn't really an outlaw, but she was definitely around a lot. Um, in fact, she lived across the street from us and I had not had that before. I kind of flew the coop at a young age and always stayed in touch with my mom, but I definitely never imagined having a family member living on the block. And I remember when we decided to move them down the block, I said, I really would prefer if they have a key to the house, if they don't enter unless I answer the door. Like that was my rule. They can come, they can do mostly whatever they want when they're in here, but I don't want anybody walking in and out of the house because I do a ton of embarrassing shit. So I didn't want my mother-in-law walking in and all the stuff I'm doing. I was like, there has to be some sort of boundary for me. And it worked. It actually worked. They always respected the fact that it was our house. So today's topic, outlaw in-laws, and we are gonna get started. discuss what it's like to have a uh, member of the family being around you for a while and my guest on today's show is literally one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Thank you. You're welcome. We're actually friends and we've worked together. Chris Moore is a twin. He's a father of four. He's lived in Russia for two years and he has some awesome stories to tell. So welcome to the show, Chris Moore. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for coming on. I like to start with a little backstory of right. everybody and, you know, what they're doing here and why they're on earth and who created them and all that stuff. So, um, what's up, dude? Uh, what's up? Uh, I was, I grew up in Utah, a little town called Orem, Utah, and I thought I'd be perfectly happy to never leave, ever. And then I got married, uh, and 
my wife said, I cannot wait to get out of here. Let's go experience the world. And we did. Since then, we've lived in Boston, where I um, finished school. And then we got into grad school. I went to UCLA, moved back to LA. We lived in LA for seven, eight years, loved it, had a bunch of kids. And then we moved back to the East Coast about 18 months ago. And we've been in New York since then. And we have loved it. But like you said, I'm a twin. And uh, I spent two years abroad living in Russia. So I gavarit paruski nimnoshka. Definitely, yes, I agree. <laughs> and uh, I, as a twin and a cancer, I am a people pleaser. I just like everything to be happy and peaceful and calm. And when other people are happy, then I'm happy and at zen. So, yeah, my brother is a uh, professional yoga instructor, so he's always zen. And it's probably <laughs> very complimentary for his and our personality type. So You're, you're pretty zen. Like, you, you definitely bring out the zen in other people, I think. I've been accused of being too zen. Like, when I'm at a stressful job and... and environment people get on my case for not like exhibiting more emotion about whatever's going on they think i don't care but i i do care it's just it's all inside i try to project stress out more stress out more come on you're not stressed out enough exactly that's so funny who accused you of not being of not doing i was pulled into numerous meetings when i was driving a desk at this crappy corporate job before i you know, went to grad school and started, you know, doing what I wanted to do. And they, I was on numerous occasions told, you know, people around the office think you just don't care when things are happening. You just, you're not screaming and yelling and throwing things like everybody else. And that concerns people. This was in Boston. So I don't know if it was the Boston mentality or what, but I don't know. I think you, you catch more with honey than with vinegar right so yes it's kind of the way i roll shout out to bean town for right. trying to get you all stressed out and then <laughs> i'm sure that if you moved to la that you were a little more accepted for your laid-back right lifestyle right definitely definitely well i have a question going back to your the beginning of your story so before you and your wife got married did you not talk about whether or not you were going to leave utah or had you decided after like did you decide after you guys got married yeah, I mean, we had we had never discussed leaving. She had a great job in Utah, but she was in tech sales, and her sales area included the Northeast. So she would take these trips to Boston, among other places, and she fell in love with Boston in particular and basically came home in, from one of these trips in 1999 and said, we are out of here. Let's go. There is so much more of a world out there than Orem, Utah. So while family was there and everything that I grew up with and knew and loved was there, I uh, we took a chance, we took a leap, I guess, and loaded up a truck and Y2K weekend. We were we rolled into Boston actually and then watched the fireworks and then unpacked. It was it was wild. And That's a great time to do that. Yeah, it was definitely very it was new millennium, new everything and Honestly, I can go back to visit for short periods of time, but I am forever changed from that move. I'll never go back to small town living again. What did you think when she originally wanted you to move? Uh, I thought, okay, in the back of my mind, I'll do this for a little while. We'll see how it goes. And, you know, home will always be there. We can always 
return back once this experiment fails and we've got it out of our system or whatever. And my mom always hoped that that would be the case and she still holds out hope that we'll move either into her basement or next door <laughs> with all of her grandkids. She still thinks you're like 14 years old so yeah. and you're going to move back into her basement. Yes, exactly. She, that would that would make her life, her, her day, but uh, I keep telling her over and over, never, ever going to happen. Why? Well, there's lots of reasons. Uh, there's... We love the cultural diversity that's in New York and in any, you know, metropolitan urban area. We love the different stores, foods, culture, things to do, and the variety of just, you know, mindset. Where I grew up in Utah is very predominantly uh, Mormon. And so people, you know, the cultural diversity tree does not have too many branches, (laughs) if you know what I mean. (laughs) Gotcha. It's like a telephone pole. Right. Uh, so, you know, and there, there's some value to that. Growing up in an environment where everyone has the same values and and same experience right. as you, you know, there, there was a lot of safety and security in that. But, you know, as you grow up and you want to experience the world and experience life, there's a lot more that's out there than that kind of monoculture. So that's one of the big reasons why I don't think we could ever go back because... Because people are just too, uh, at least where I grew up. Now, Utah has diversified a lot since then, and I'm sure I'm giving it a bum rap. But uh, for me, I just it's love not it. not so bum, by the way. Right. You're not really bad mouth in the <laughs> homeland. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's a great place to visit, and I actually really love visiting, but I don't think I could, I don't think I could live there. And how many kids do you have? I mean, I know how many kids you have. How old are they and what are their names? Tell everybody so that we can get a shout out to them and they can right. be home when they hear this. They're like, yeah, I heard my name on the radio. Uh, our oldest nine-year-old, Henry, he was born first. Um, the second is six. Her name is Kate. She's a little vixen. <laughs> a little hell, hellcat sometimes. Uh, then Charlie just turned five last week. And then we have a little test. She's one. So we've got full gamut. Two boys, two girls, ranging nine to one. And so it's it's a rodeo at my house. And are you guys done or is there going to be a fifth or a sixth? Not unless like... one slips past the goalie. We, ha- <laughs> we are done. We're done. Right. We're done. Did you always want to have a lot of kids? Uh, I grew up with four kids. So I kind of had in my mind, I would have been happy with three kids too, actually. My wife was the one that was kind of pushing for four. And actually, I'm very glad that we did. Uh, She grew up with five kids in her family. So she kind of had that in mind. But after our most recent, uh, I shook my head and said, no, we can practice a lot. But no more (laughs) children shall be born. So I think think we've got a good little soccer team going. We can call quits and be proud. Although in New York, having four kids, I might as well have 25 kids, you know. (laughs) Any more than one, you are practically Amish, you know. <laughs> and you guys live in an apartment. We live in an apartment on the Upper West Side, and it's, it's a one-bedroom apartment, and but it's a large one-bedroom. If you know anything about New York apartments, you know that not all one-bedroom apartments are created equal. Right. And it's we have plenty of space. We actually all pile in the same bedroom, but... Don't feel sorry for us. There's tons of room, and we're all—it's very comfortable. I don't know how comfortable it will be once these, you know, 
nine, six, five, and one-year-old turn into teenagers, then it'll require more bedrooms and a lot of other things. But for now, we're great. My wife has actually never been happier. She tells me on a daily basis how much. Oh, that's so awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's just... Why? She's so in love. She's always loved New York City, and she loved uh, Boston, and she was jealous because I got to work downtown. She had to work in the suburbs. She's always really gravitated towards large cities, but she's always loved New York. And now that we live here, actually in the city instead of, you know, outside, she just is in love and enamored and just can't do enough day trips, can't do enough fun things around city. And you, so Chris and I work together, so I know that you work and she stays home and is like boss lady. Like she gets it all done, four kids. Right? I mean, you're a very devoted dad, but you are at work for at least eight to eight, eight, nine, nine hours a day. Right. Right? Plus commute. You know, I leave at eight in the morning and I get back at eight at night. So it's 12 hours that I'm away that she's driving the the bus. And she comes and drops lunch off for you. (laughs) Sometimes, yes. Sometimes she comes and drops lunch off for you, which I think is the best thing (laughs) ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty spoiled sometimes. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because I find kind of the um, the contradiction that is your life, which is this growing up in Utah, got married young, you have four kids, and you live in a one-bedroom apartment on the Upper West Side, and you work in reality television. First of all, I think it's kind of a dream come true. I get your wife's perspective. Mm-hmm. Because if you all like each other, mm-hmm. it, and you're, it really is a great way to grow up. I mean, I think in general, um, Americans and people have way more than they need. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that we have these giant houses with seven bedrooms, and, you know, like, we just fill it with all this crap mm-hmm. that we don't need, in my opinion. Um, and so, that it, what do we need? We need other people. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's really what we need. And so if you're next, if you're near each other, you're able to exchange energy. And I, I'm guessing that you guys all kind of like each other, you know, yeah. that you all get along fairly well. We do. I mean, growing up, I had a really close knit group of friends and a twin brother that I would spend all my time with. My kids spend time with each other and with us. So while they do have some friends, they are not going to their friend's house every day after school, every weekend. We spend time together as a family. It's just maybe by default, but that's also we are each other's probably, you know, closest comrades. And, you know, that's great. Uh, we, we don't dissuade them from having friends or anything. Uh, definitely not. But we are each other's, you know, world. So now occasionally, from what I understand... You guys have guests in your house. Maybe a little more than occasionally. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Tell me how that works. Well, two, we've got a couple sets of in-laws that descend every now and again. The most frequent offender is my wife's mother. So my mother-in-law, her husband has the kind of job where he is flying every week. So he racks up an unlimited perpetual amount of sky miles so at the drop of a hat she can fly for free to new york and stay for free by shacking up with us in our one bedroom apartment (laughs) granted she is only one person 
However, when you're already kind of bursting at the seams, even one person, even if you're not taking up that much space, you're kind of mixing with the mojo. The more mojo that's going on in the more household. <laughs> and, you know, like any guests, you can put up with it. You can deal with it and just roll with it for a number of days. But she usually stays for about three, three and a half weeks or so. Oh. Like, and I always have to ask my wife, when is she leaving? Like, what's the out date here? And it's usually like the next month sometime, you know? <laughs> like, we'll have gone through a few weeks and gone into the next month. And, or sometimes it's just open-ended. Like, ah, oh, she hasn't decided yet, which means it could be maybe never. No, now, just do you have a say in this? Or uh, no, okay. I don't. <laughs> That's the thing is I've just, just started within the last three Wait, or I'm four Wait, I'm sorry, months. I have to say. Chris, I can be, Chris is one of those guys who you can be in the office like with your head spinning and something like, today actually I had an issue and I, my head was spinning and Chris is like, you're really good at head spinning, like this is a really good time to be like your head spinning around, like, like everything that you do gets validated, that I do gets validated no matter what it is, so I can only imagine what it's like to be married to you and like as a woman how you just get to have what you want. I'll try to remind her how lucky she is next time I see her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, I interrupted your story. So, you do you get to have a say as to whether or not your mother-in-law comes? No, really, I don't. I mean, in all honesty, it sounds cruel, but I do. I don't get any say. I mean, in whether or not she's coming, I'm usually informed my mom's coming on this date, and then it's kind of left at that. It's never. What do you think about my mom coming? Do you think it would be okay if my mom came to visit? There's never any discussion about it. It's just dropping the information. So how is that? How how did that? Do you do you want to have a say? Of course I do. But <laughs> how do you how do you enter in that conversation with your wife? Like we need to discuss whether or not your mom can come and stay with us. That is not. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Because in her mind, she's like, my wife is very much like her mother. They are bosom buddies, and so they have very common interests, demeanor, a lot of things. So for her, it's just a foregone conclusion. Of course she can come anytime she wants. There shouldn't have to be any discussion. I shouldn't have to get permission. This is my mother, our kid's grandmother, you know. Why should she, why should we even have a discussion about it? That's the unspoken assumption, I think. But this most recent time, and mind you, she also visits about four times a year for three weeks each. So that's a significant <laughs> amount of time by anyone's <laughs> so standards. Long. Right. That's so long. Even if she were to spend that same amount of time, but spread it up in like two or three day increments over the year, that might be more manageable but uh, just the most recent time she wants to come for Christmas for example and it, this is the first time I said okay let's discuss does she really need to come she was here last Christmas and Thanksgiving and for three weeks in the summer and for you know whereas my sister who hasn't been to visit us in 10 years wanted to come for Christmas oh wow sorry your sister can't come. My mom's going to be here. Oh, your sister got bumped? She got bumped. And she's kind of bitter about it. And I understand yeah. why 
I can't sleep on like twin air mattresses next to each other. My sister is willing. Okay, so my sister's willing to come at the same time and overlap, and stay in a hotel, like all relatives should. Right. Agree. <laughs> And just come and do fun things with us. But my wife is kind of putting the kibosh on it, thinking that my mom will feel like her time is being stepped on and that our attention is being split and that she's... Because in it will be. Right. That's very true. <laughs> so we're kind of in the middle of that discussion right now. My wife is not... My wife is not cool with the idea, but I'm trying to bring her around to it. How long do these discussions last in your household? Ooh, my wife, as as a easygoing kind of guy, I am. We never we never have like debates. We fight like every two years, yeah, probably. That's amazing. That's not to say we don't have problems. We just let most things roll off our back for better or for worse, and a lot of things just get forgotten about over time. And because how long have you been married? Sixteen years. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. Um. I got my parents beat. They were only married 14 years, so that's, awesome. that's an accomplishment. Yeah, it is. Uh, but Or it just means you're old. And, and I wonder sometimes if we've been married so long because I maybe, I don't want to say passive is the right word, but I just don't let things really bother me that but much. But you're a happy guy. I am. I think. And I, I would rather not fight about it and just deal with something. I mean, I think if I was really healthy, I would like express everything that I wanted and work a solution, but sometimes it's easier just to take what you're given and try to be happy about it. Oh man. It's How not... do you teach that? But you're, but, but, okay, sorry, I just want to pause on that for a second. Take what you've got and be happy with it. Like, oh, that's a hard thing to do, I think. Yeah, and in reality, you're not always happy with it, but you're happy enough with it not to make waves, and so that's kind of the way I roll a lot of times, I don't, I mean, it's not to say I always roll over. I don't ever get what I want when there's a difference of opinion. But it's a lot easier just to just kind of go with the flow and do whatever's, what's ever happening. So. <laughs> so is your sister giving you a hard time now? A little bit. I mean, she's she understands the situation. She doesn't want to come and make problems. On the other hand... You know, by all rights, she should be able to come if she wants to. She's got all this time off from work with nothing to do, and she wants to see the big city. She wants to see us. Yeah. She wants to have a relationship, which she really doesn't have with her nieces and nephews, the only ones on either side of the family, really. And uh, so she wants to come during New Year's and kind of live it up a little bit and see us and stuff, but... So now she was willing to come and share the space or stay in a hotel, right. but what? But my wife um, kind of gave place to her her mom and husband to come and stay and doesn't want other people around to split the time. So she was kind of leaning towards no one else coming to visit and just just having my mother-in-law alone come. So what do you guys do when your mother-in-law is around? I mean, do you do all girly and mommy things? Like, Well, that's the other thing. My, we've got, it's like the tale of two grandmas. My, my wife's mother comes and she needs to be entertained a little bit and kind of looked after and taken care of. Not to say that she can't take care of herself, but 
she's not one to come and then dive into the dishes or dive into the laundry or let me take the kids out for a while so you guys can have some peace and quiet or sleep in or something like that. It's more like, I'm here, uh, these kids are a little loud, can you do something about that? Uh. Or, I need to get away from here because you guys are all too crazy for a minute. So, it's kind of an imposition. But she has five kids. She raised five kids, but somehow between now and then, she forgot how it all worked. And she'll okay. admit that she has blacked out that period of time. She, uh, it was a lot. She had a lot of kids in a short amount of time, including okay. a set of twins. Okay. Uh, that being said, she's, you know, retirement age. She's, she's only 60, but she's, she doesn't work. She's just kind of, uh, she's doing her, to borrow a phrase from our <laughs> show. She's doing her. She's doing her. She's loving hip hop, you. Yeah. And she's Jesus. gotten used to you know her universe revolving about what she wants to do and makes her comfortable that being said i gotta say i can't throw her under the bus she's very generous and loving but she's not one to dive in and like help out she's not one to i mean throw ease. her under the bus man i mean i don't know okay so so okay so 12 weeks out of the year you have an another grown woman in the house who's not helping that you have to entertain and yes, it's you probably true. can't operate your household quite in the same way when she's there. No, definitely not. If 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 you've got Kaylin sleeping in the living room and one of our baby, for example, won't sleep and she's crying in the bedroom, usually you would take her out to the other room so she doesn't wake up the whole household. But you can't do that if grandma's sleeping in the living room. Likewise, our kids, like most kids wake up at the crack of dawn for no good reason and they need to be entertained and fed and things like this and if someone's sleeping in the living room you kind of have to stay put for a couple hours until someone decides to wake up uh we have one bathroom in that space so one bathroom for you know three adults is you know definitely not adequate plus four kids that all need to go to the bathroom and you want to really live so so the deal with new york is like you can live outside the city. Right. Like, you could have a bigger space. Yes. But you want to live in Manhattan. Yes. And you are not a zillionaire yet, so you're not going to have a three or four or five bedroom apartment. Right. In New York. It's really not realistic to ever have more than, like, I would say, I would say ever, ever, well, anything's possible, but, you know, bigger than, like, a three bedroom in Manhattan is, right. like, a gazillionaire. Right. Yeah. So I, you like you guys like living in the city. So yes. And yeah, okay. For me, and I'm I'm sure my wife would agree with this, what's the point of living here if you're not gonna be able to live here in the right. city? So right. I didn't move to New York to live in New Jersey right. or to live in, you know, Long Island or whatever. Right. Long Island. Well well, you know, maybe later down the road if my career really is cemented in the city and it's just super unrealistic, we might move to a short commute away but for the time being with this love affair my wife's having with the city she definitely wants to stay put on the island they so. make little bags that say that by the way do you know that i'm having a love affair with new york city i did not know yeah somebody gave me one because i did too when i first got here i still am but yeah i should probably pay them some royalty for mentioning it on the air no that's all right it's not vh1 we can do whatever <laughs> we want all right so what is your question so the question really is, how do you 
talk to your spouse about limiting the amount of time that their mother can or should come? How do you broach that conversation? Like, as a co-member of the family, do I really have the right to say, put a stop on the mom visits, or by virtue of the fact that this woman birthed you and brought you into the world, does she have a universal pass to visit <laughs> whenever and however long she wants to? <laughs> what do you think the answer to that question is? Well, of course, any healthy, rational person would say, <laughs> you should enter into a dialogue, and you should come to a mutual agreement, but... Dialogues and mutual agreements do not always live in the real world of, of matrimonial And you're not going to be like, listen, wifey, this is right. what we're doing. That's not quite your style either. Yeah, I do not throw down the book and say, this is the way it's going to be in my, my household. I feel like there's a really interesting dynamic happening right now because your sister's coming. Right. So I think I feel like we can like kind of put some of the blame on it. Like we can kind of fold these two things in with each other. Like the sister visit really can be open it can open up a conversation about your mother-in-law because there's another person involved in it and it really is another part of your family that's coming because you guys are still in the middle of talking about it right yeah um my my sister's expecting a call now to tell me whether or not it's cool if she comes to visit and you know my wife has already said yeah it's really not that cool but i'm kind of in between just saying Screw it, come anyway. Do you do you talk to your mother-in-law about any of these things or just, or? or I would never you? ever say or hint that she visits too much or that it's time to leave or that I'm unhappy about her coming. From the second she comes, I put on a happy face and do everything I can to be accommodating and gracious and helpful and all that stuff. That's so nice. Well, it's... Partially because it's not in my nature, I would probably be really bad at being <laughs> sour and like, you know, negative. And I don't know if that would be effective or she internalizes a lot of things anyway. So I'm sure she would pick up on my negative energy and have all sorts of, you know, self-conscious issues about visiting, which would go to the opposite extreme. And she would probably then never visit because she would feel unwelcome. Which is also not the truth. That might not be bad. Right. Might, might not be bad for a little while. If she came once a year, that would be ideal for me. Or if she came twice a year for a short amount of time. But your wife's reasonable, right? Um, I'm pausing here because she, she, she always gets what she wants. Wow, that's awesome. She concedes to what I want sometimes, but it's not because I've fought for it. It's because she's being loving and right. anticipating what I want or don't want. But that being said, if she wants to go somewhere, I can either hop on board or and come with or get out of the way while she goes. And and but is this problem big enough now that you feel like you really want to do something about it? Like are you feeling that you want to change it? Uh yes. But that's my problem. I, when I've said, don't you think your mother is visiting too much? And she says, no. Then where do, you, where do you take the conversation from there? Okay, great. Because your wife doesn't see a problem. Right. So that's a, that's a, that's a phrasing conversation that we need to have. Because 
you're making it about her and not about you. So I feel like this is something that you kind of have to own. Got it, yes, which and, I have a difficult time doing. Right. And and ask her for something. Right? Because you're you're saying you're saying, don't you think your wife, don't you think your mom is coming too often? And of course she's gonna say no, and then that's the end of the conversation because your wife is used to getting what she wants, which mm -hmm. is great because it's working, because it's been working for 16 years and you're happy and you don't seem like you need to change a lot of things, so there's a lot working. But I feel like if you can basically ask your wife if she's willing to do something. Not that this is an easy question, because it's not, because it's definitely very, very, um, there's a lot of layers to getting this right, and it has a lot of effect, especially because it's different than your usual MO. Mm -hmm. But if you ask a question that is, do you think your mother's coming too often, that is pretty easy to push back on. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, would your wife, my, here's my question for you. Does your wife like doing things for you? Uh, yes, sometimes. She doesn't like, she doesn't live for it. I mean, but she, like anyone in a loving relationship, will do things if I ask and some things that I don't, don't ask for. So are you asking if she would do that favor for me if I asked her not to have her mom come? Well, I, yeah, I'll get to that part. But the but the first the the first part is like, yeah, would she would she does she just like to do things for you in general? Like she comes and drops off. Yeah, food, she does. Yeah, right. And um, do you also know that sometimes you have to ask people things more than one time? Do you ask one time and then you're done asking? Um, uh, depends on what it is, but generally, yes. If I ask and get a no, then I usually take that no and go come up with plan B. Okay. All right. So we're going to try two things. So I think, I think the first thing we should try is, um, well, first of all, we need to know that this, 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 I think that this can happen this Christmas. Actually, I think this is kind of like the most, the greatest time to try to make it happen, but it may not happen this one time. And if it doesn't, we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep tabs until we... My goal is to get this down to a week and a half, by the way. I don't know why that just popped into my head. I feel like I feel like that's a reasonable amount of time for both of you guys. Like for you, you a week and a half can fly by and then she can still do a lot in New York City in a week and a half. Mm -hmm. Do you think that? Meaning my mother-in-law staying for only a week and a half? Yes. This is a bad example because they've already bought tickets and they're staying for about that long anyway, which is... Good. But, you know, the real question is what's going to happen next time she announces. So she's staying for a week and a half this time? This time, yes. Well, there you go. The show's over. <laughs> <laughs> this is an anomaly, though. Because in, in, to add another layer, it's usually my mother-in-law informing my wife that she's coming. She doesn't say, can I come? She Ooh. says, I think I'll be there in... April or whatever. And then does your wife just always say, okay? Great. Sign what me up. What if you have other guests in the house? Well, we rarely do, but... You always do. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. We do. My That's probably the only reason my, why my wife would say no. That being said, we have had 10 guests before. Oh, my In God. our place. God. 10... How does that even work? Okay, that's another show. 
Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> no kidding. We should get now a I know medal. where to go if I ever need a place to stay. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So, I think, you have to want this, by the way. You know, yes. like, this has to actually be something that you decide you want to have. And then we can make it work. But if it's if you're kind of on the fence about it. No, then... I want it. Okay, good. Declare it. Declare it first. You have to want it first in order to make it happen. It's got to be a desire of yours. Yes, I think so. I'm on board with that. Okay. Um, I think that there's a way to, to ask your wife if she... She's not going to do a favor for you. It's not for you. But it's... Um, well, yeah, it is for you. So I think that what you need to do, Chris, is say to her, Morgan, or do we not know his name? You need to say to her, my loving wife, you need to butter her up a little bit. You know, like, go back and have, like, a teeny bit of game with her now and pick the right time. Like, think about what the right time is. Like, I know last weekend you stayed home and watched the kids while she went out for a little while, mm -hmm. right? You had all four kids for a little while. Yep. So you get some brownie points for that. I mean, you must, I'm thinking you get some brownie points for that. So. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So pick a good time after there you've delivered something that she wants and just ask her. The first question is, would she be willing to do something for you? So you can say would you be willing to consider doing something for me? And she'll say yes or no. Okay. She has to say yes. Mm -hmm. If she says no, well, she's not going to say no. She's going to say yes to that. After she says yes to would you be willing to do something for you, you could say this, ease into it. Like this is something that is actually, I'm, I am, I'm not exactly sure how to talk to you about this. I know it's a topic yeah, that okay. we have in mind and I just kind of want you to hear me out. Are you willing to do that? So every step of the way, like ask her permission about whether or not it's something that she's willing to participate with you in. Okay, okay? I'm with you. And then when you get to the question, you can just say to her, I really love you and I really love your, your family and I love having them here. And I am hopeful that we can talk to your mother about staying for a week and a half when she comes yeah i i could definitely do that <laughs> there's the, a look on chris's face that's gonna say it's I'm like just, his butt coming out but he hasn't said the, here's the butt and i don't and i hesitate to to say it because everything you're saying is right and good and i don't want to be that guy who's always got to no, do it but my but then, how would my wife then go to her mom and say, "You can't stay for as long as you want," or, or I don't, I'm not sure if my wife would go to her mom and say, "You can come, but you can only stay for ten days," because then well, she has to be totally on board. Your wife has to be on board for it being for both of you first of all. Otherwise, she's not going to sell it to your mother-in-law. So she really has to want to do this for you. But I also think it's not, we have to find a way to make it beneficial for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so maybe, maybe there's a way she can fly the kids out to her sometimes and she has so many miles. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Right? Like, 
let's make it let's freshen this shit up a little bit yeah you know like there's got to be a reinvention of this whole of this whole dynamic that we can think about doing yeah right i mean and also maybe there's an Airbnb. i don't know and i think we need to get creative with how it's gonna work because i know you want to have her around because she's helpful and it helps you if your wife's happy when her mom's around mm -hmm. right i mean i don't know maybe I'm not saying, I was going to say maybe you go and stay somewhere else, but maybe there's just a way that, that, that everybody can win. And I think that it's possible that the kids would love to go see her somewhere, you know, and if it's the kids or if it's New York, mm -hmm. but you know, you can, maybe you can plan to do some things. You can tell her what she needs to do when she comes into the city, you know, or like come up with an itinerary for her that works. But that's a long time. Three weeks, four times a year is a long time. Yes, it is. It is. So, I'm hoping that we can, you know, I could probably do, a week is a long time, but I can. Ha I could handle a week three times a year, maybe. Right. So, maybe if I, I could definitely present that to my wife and say, this is what I want, this is what I need would you be willing to ask your mom to stay for only x number of days yeah that's going to be a difficult sell because we've set the precedence this open door policy come whenever you want stay as long as you want all right stay but for here's free the deal. but it's but now it's no longer house, cool but it's your house right are you paying the rent yes is she doing mm. anything at all to help you out other than having given birth to your beautiful wife no okay it's your fucking house yeah <laughs> At the end of the day, it is ultimately up to you and your wife about what goes on there. So precedent or precedent, precedent or no precedent, you guys can still make some rules about how this is all going to work. So you can unprecedent your precedent. That's true. You can. I mean, I know some people get stuck in their, in their, what they know mm -hmm. and in their cycles, mm -hmm. you know, but um, it, it's only been a year. Right, so this has only actually been going on for for one year. Or it one happened year. when we lived in Los Angeles, oh. because because she could even just drive down from Utah. Then it was just like a day's drive, and she was there and stayed there. That was even more frequent than when she would visit us then. Now she actually has to get on a plane, and you know it's uncomfortable for her she's to fly. Just bored. She oh. is. She has no job, so she just she loves to come and spend time with her daughter. And she she loves the grandkids. She doesn't like yearn to spend hours and hours with them. She mostly loves to come and go thrift shopping with my wife, which my wife loves to do as well. So for them, the two How of them, how many thrift stores can you go to? Even in New York, they State, will, are not three and a half. They drive to Massachusetts stores. and do okay, this thrift in store. Okay, fucking New change. England, there is not enough. <clears throat> there are not twelve weeks of thrift stores in New England. They hit the same ones over and over. Uh, it's just new stuff. Right. And and I'm like strapped with the children while they're having a great time. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a greater burden. Whereas my mom comes to town and she's like super grandma. She's like trying to overcompensate for all the time. She can't be there. So she's, she's bending over backwards and like making a little bit of a spectacle. Let me make dinner. Let me do the laundry. Let me do, why don't you guys go out? And it's great, but we know that she's just like trying you to. You can't bring your mom up. 
when you're talking about never, the, never, the hair. never. No. I think this is this might be baby steps for this woman, right? So if I think that you can just take baby steps, even yeah. if you get down to like two weeks instead of three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Just to start for now, you know, this is not like you don't want her to not come, but mm-hmm. but I do think if you're really actually unhappy about this. And if you really actually want to make a change about it, I think your wife of 16 years will get on board. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think sense you're right. that she will. She, you do a lot of things to make her happy, and, and she wants to keep that. You know? So, like, you have, a, you have a right to ask. True. You know? Like, own that part of it. That's the difficult part for me is because I'm just... I don't know if it's deep down feeling like... The things that I want aren't worthy of asking or I'm not worthy of whatever it is yeah. or I'm doing it's probably if I really want to strip down to it, I'm doing the greater service and showing the greater love by sacrificing my desire to what she wants by not asking for what I want in kind of a sick way. Yeah, but that causes cancer. It does. I agree. You know, and this isn't really that big of an ask. And at some point, you're not going to, like, suddenly reverse it and become this, like, crazy man making demands on everybody all the time in your household. But for your own health and well-being, and that's, like, another way to say it to her also, you know, because I know you carry a big load, you know, I mean, with all of your responsibilities. With all your responsibilities, I think you carry a big load, and I think it's really fair for you to ask for this one little thing. And let me say... If it's if it's the mother-in-law that maybe is too touchy with your wife, there might maybe another relative that you don't want to ask about. But I think that mm-hmm. you should try for this one and own the fact that right. you can ask for that. I can do that. Okay, will you let me know how it goes? I will let you know how it goes. Okay. I'll turn my head at work and say, this is how <laughs> it went. We sit right next to each other. <laughs> it's really fun in our little corner. We have like little happy hour table and snacks and we, we host... We host little chats, little fireside <laughs> chats in our little area. It's very fun. Um, all right, Chris. Well, um, how was it? Was this painful for you or was it fun? Loved it. I would do it again. Oh, yay! I'll change my voice and come back with a different topic. How about that? That sounds awesome. <laughs> Will you stick around for what made you happy this today? Sure, I'll do that. Okay. We'll do it again. Welcome back. This is our last little fun segment of the Levine Intervention. Chris, did I do a Levine Intervention on you? Did I do a good one? Yes, you did a fantastic one. All right, I wasn't looking for approval there. I was just wondering if I actually did a Levine Intervention on you. You have intervened. Okay, good. Levinely. Thank you. Um, So our last segment is called, What Made You Happy Today? And I started this segment because I like to acknowledge the little things, the quote-unquote little things that happen in our day-to-day world that sometimes we take for granted um, because there's so many of them that happen all day long. And um, I like to just put them out there in the world. So would you like to participate? Love to. Shirley, would you like to participate? Would love to. Shirley's our engineer, producer, and our rock star booker. Ooh, ooh, round of applause. Okay, cool. 
So, um, Chris, I would love for you to start. Can you tell me what, can you tell us what made you happy today? The thing that happened most recently was some amazing pad thai that made me very happy. Love me some pad thai. Good, good. Why do you like pad thai? It is the perfect combination of all Asian foods. You've got noodles, you've got peanut sauce, you've got that little piquant whatever goes in there. <laughs> some chicken in there. Oh man, it's amazing. It I love is. it. I could eat pad thai forever. In fact, every time I go into a Thai restaurant, I can't... I know there's other great stuff there, but I can't get past the pad thai on the menu. <laughs> I always just get pad thai. Yeah, that's good. That's a basic thing that you know that you love that makes you happy. So you have one of those, at least one of those. That's amazing. Yes. Chris has a huge grin on his face right now, by the way. Like, <laughs> pad he's thai like grin. three years old. Like, <laughs> he looks so adorable and excited about pad thai. Well, I'm glad that excited you. It's so sad, but true. It's so great. <laughs> All right, Cheryl, come on over here. Go on over there, whatever you want to do. Shirley has a new promote what you're promote what you're doing. Also, so I am committed to releasing one uh, motivational or inspiring 15 second Instagram video a day <laughs> to encourage the world. Why did you decide to do that? When I speak, especially to my friends and family, they listen, and they usually walk away encouraged. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I need to share it with the world. The planet needs to hear it. That's so good. Yeah. You are. You're such a bright soul. You really are. <laughs> Polly's going to chew a bone in the background. Does anybody mind if Polly chews a bone in the background? Nah. 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 What made you happy today, Cheryl? Uh, so... My boyfriend had my hard drive, my external hard drive, and I had to go grab it from, from him this morning before I went to work. And when I showed up at his house at like 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, he had flowers for me. That is so amazing. Some pink roses. last night or first thing this morning to get you flowers. Yeah. Hello. I text him when I woke up, woke up and I'm like, are you up? And he's like, I'm headed home. He works overnight. He's an uh, assistant editor for a show. And I was like, are you up? He's like, oh, I'm downtown on 23rd Street. I just left the gym. And I was like, I got to come by your house and get the hard drive. And then I met him at his house, and he had pink roses for me. That well, Now, why did that make you happy? So many reasons. Well, yesterday I was a little bit in a funky mood, and I didn't get him, get a chance to see him. And I just needed a hug and some love. So, But then I, when I woke up today, I was already in a better mood but then you know for him thinking to do something create an action that would make me feel better yeah. was really nice yeah. that's so sweet yeah congratulations that's really awesome that you have a guy who you've been dating for a super long time almost seven years that gets you flowers when you come to see him at very early in the morning yeah i'm sweet. glad that, that made you happy today thank you Yay. <laughs> okay somebody asked me what made me happy today what made you happy today, Abby? <laughs> I love Chris. Um, I so so I don't know if our listeners know this, but I mean, if you've been following our show now, you know that when we started this, I had a boyfriend, <laughs> and now I don't. That's not what made me happy. But what made me happy was I had a really funny conversation with my. I actually I had a. I was kind of in a mood and I called my, I said, I got to go for a walk. 
and I just got to go call my dad. And I kind of felt like I just needed a good laugh. And so I picked up the phone and I called him for something. He's actually getting radiation treatment now. Oh, for, yeah, he's going to, he's going to be okay. But he, um, but I had a feeling he was going to make me laugh also. And so it turns out that like his best friend's son um, lives in Brooklyn and bought a building with his wife and they have a kid and they've been talking about this kid and the, and the wife and the, and the family for so long. And so, I call, and so I was talking to my dad and he said, well, Thanksgiving was a little bit different this year because John's getting divorced. And I was like, wait, what? And so he started telling me the story about the divorce and my dad knows me so well that he he's trying to tell me that a nice family man <laughs> who's Catholic that lives in Brooklyn and owns a building wouldn't be the right guy for me. And I was like, <laughs> Dad, do you, what are you even saying? He was, she, and he was just kind of, he was like joking with me that it was basically, he knows me so well that he was joking about, how do I, how am I, how do I say this nicely? My dad and I had a very funny conversation about why somebody who seems like a really good fit for me probably wouldn't be a good fit because my dad said to me, you need to laugh every single day, like a belly laugh. And I don't know that humor is definitely a part of this guy's life. And I thought, <laughs> wow, that makes me really happy that my dad knows that about me because that hasn't always been the case. Nice. So that made me really happy. Very nice. Nice. Yeah. All right, Polly, the Pitbull, is running around. So we're going to sign off. And, okay, special thanks. So we have some special thanks today. Shirley Renee, Williams, Shirley Renee Williams has been amazing and passionate and confident and technical. Thank you very much for participating in today's show. Woo, 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 air kisses, air kisses. Haley Foreman helped book the show and take care of everything that it takes to make the show. Huge shout out to Bennett Hirschhorn, who got two mics working for us, which seems like a small Yay. thing, but it was a huge technical issue that we've actually been trying to overcome for the last three episodes. So now... My guest and I are no longer sharing one microphone. Not that and, that like, would be a bad thing. to breathe on each other. But yeah, it's a little bit more. It's slightly more professional now, right? Right. So thank you, Bennett, for hooking that up. And for Shirley for taking that long call with him and figuring it out. And Chris Moore. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me. I'd love to mm. do it again sometime. I hope you had fun. And um, I hope that to hear what happens um, at home. And... Thank you all for tuning in. Please write us some questions at levineintervention at gmail.com. And um, if you like this, please share it with your friends and come back for more. See you soon. <laughs>